listening to episode 73 of Caucasus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm your host, Eli. Welcome back. You know, there is a sound that I am missing in my life right now, Andrew. And let's, fortunately, let's it's, not, it's not the sound of your sultry voice. <laughs> yeah. Sound of music? Le- Ooh. I am like missing reference. the sa- I love it. I'm missing the sound of car horns blaring as they careen through the city for hours on end with pink <laughs> ribbons streaming from the rearview mirrors. And if anyone has been in a culture like that, I mean, the first time I saw that was actually in Paris. Cars just driving around and around the Arc de Triomphe for a wedding because yeah. it is should be wedding season, but of course, you probably know people like I do. Their weddings are all jacked up because of the pandemic issue. Uh, We've it's had so multiple strange. friends get get married on Facebook in the oh, last month. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Now that is weird. I had a graduation ceremony. I graduated in December, but and I wasn't going to go to the ceremony, but because it became virtual, I could go and quote walk. <laughs> um, huh. It was. It happened last night. I was up at two a.m. for that. That was wow. weird. But uh, the weddings are not happening here in the same way that they normally are. So you, Andrew, have become somewhat of a wedding <laughs> expert. Crasher? Um, maybe maybe wedding crasher. Maybe a wedding singer. I know you used to. You know, I used to be a wedding DJ. Really? Only, I've, DJ, for, I've DJed some weddings. Oh, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Andrew, if we get back to the U.S. at the same time ever, we could start a whole new... We, you, can you imagine how much fun it would be to DJ Dude, weddings together? We would be good. That would be we fun. We could be... Top level. We could be like movie star DJ people. People pay good movie. money. People yeah, pay man. really good money for that stuff. Oh, that would be really fun. Okay, that's like a whole new thing. So <laughs> in our next went. life. <laughs> Andrew, you've been to a bunch of weddings, and um, I think this is a great opportunity to glean your knowledge, glean from your knowledge, and do a little kind of comparison from typical American, maybe Western weddings and yeah. Caucasus weddings. Well, I think even like you can speak to this uh, kind of from a ethnographical standpoint, but like when you think about, you know, anchors of a culture where an event that happens where you learn things about that culture, I think weddings is one of the first thing that comes weddings mind, is right? because yes, you're right that you're, you nailed it. the life events, the life cycle events that mark, you know, big things in life, which are basically uh, birth, puberty, Marriage and death. Those are the big ones. I would not have thought of puberty. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't grow up in a high school that was 30% Jewish like I did and went to bar and bat mitzvahs ad nauseum. So, that's funny. Um, or even here, um, I'll just got to throw this in. Uh, a month or so ago when our kids' kindergarten was still going, <laughs> uh, one of the moms somehow was texting like that her son's it was time for them to get circumcised because yeah. I don't know exactly in, in their stream of Islam, but that, that's like a thing. And the boys, they were like, so pumped. They, they were all swag, all swagger. They're like, we're going to be men. And these guys were like preschool. <laughs> anyway, it was big enough to make it into the mom's text group. So yeah, weddings definitely tells you a lot about cultures because so much yeah. is tied up in it. 
Yeah. Um, I'm excited about this episode because uh, it honestly, when we moved here in 2015 and I had this obviously wrong assumption in my head that we would immediately start getting invited to weddings and we didn't. Oh, I know. Um, Me neither. It's messed up. <laughs> it, our first wedding actually that we went to was about three and a half years after we moved here. Um, right. And, but since then, I, I mean, it makes sense. We got to know a lot of people uh, and they or their friends or relatives have gotten married in the last couple of years. So in the last one and a half years, year and a half, uh, I've got to attend five weddings. Um, and that it's just been a lot of fun. I've learned that, a ton. That only happens when you're like 25 to 32. I mean, you right. know, well, I remember like, you know, I graduated university when I was 21 in America and I attended five weddings that summer and then five weddings the next summer. All right. 21. I mean, were, if you're from the South, 25, if you're from wherever, <laughs> but listen, they, they were, those guys were, that was Midwest, Northeast. Uh, oh, wow. It wasn't just the South. Yeah. All right. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I've, I've attended five weddings in the last uh, year and a half. Um, everyone has been different. And uh, it's good to say that like in, within every people of the North Caucasus, each nation, the weddings really differ. So I want to put that disclaimer out there before we start. Um, but we don't really know what we're talking about. We only have a small <laughs> sample set. <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, so for example, I've attended uh, two Kabardian weddings. Mm -hmm. Another wedding was uh, the bride was Kabardian and the groom was Karachai. So Mm -hmm. that was like a mix of traditions. Another wedding was Turkmen, like from Turkmenistan. Right. And then another was uh, Ingush Chechen. So like they, some had similarities and others were really different. And I haven't even been to a Dagestani wedding. I know in Dagestan, there's this whole world of different traditions. Sure. And I've only, I've been to one as a kind of as an observer. I didn't even really know the folks, but I was invited uh, to take videos. So yeah, we can compare notes. Yeah. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so Eli, why don't you, you're going to kind of guide us through uh, a lot of our listeners are not American, but how we do weddings in America. And then we're going to compare and contrast with your sure. And feel free to fill in. Cause I only, I've only ever had one, but basically <laughs> weddings in the U S um, tend to be a very planned out event. We're talking years in advance sometimes uh, when it comes to everything from renting the venue to choosing a color scheme of course, all of the yeah. people involved, um, musicians or, or whatever, um, finding a dress. And then, and then the big, a big one is the invite list. And mm. there are a lot of funny memes on this and you can get, you know, comedians talk about this, but like how do new couples navigate choosing who's going to come to the wedding? And it tends to be a very controlled event that, that focuses on the choice of the couple and, and, Traditionally, I would say writ large, this is probably changing a lot, but sort of traditionally the bride and her family put on the wedding. Would you agree with that? That it tends to be theirs, yes. they pay for it. The groom does That's the right. honeymoon. It's sort of like how how it breaks out. Yeah. You really nailed it on the planning process. I mean, this sometimes happens years in advance. Um like the the venue will be reserved often really far in advance, whether it's a wedding hall or a country club, um, church buildings, 
often there's like special outdoor facilities that barns are really popular now, renovated warehouses that people just use for weddings. We got married in a barn. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's like super trendy right now in the States. Yeah, yeah but it wasn't and, then, okay? All right, we yeah. started that thing. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but like the venues need to be reserved way in advance. And then, like you said, the invitation process is this thing where uh, it's not just the bride and the groom, like you said. It's both sets of parents want their relatives invited. And yeah, you can't get into that wedding unless you have that uh, invite that you, you then RSVP, you know, right, uh, right, way in advance. And and invites are the nicest piece of mail most people will ever receive in their lives. Right. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, they are linen paper and they are embossed and engraved, and they've got the frilly things, and you've got all these. The only the only other invitation that was as nice, Andrew, were bar and bat mitzvah invitations. <laughs> <laughs> they were the same thing. And you have a special RSVP card and you write in, you know, you feel like a wow. schlemiel when you write your name in because it looks so sloppy next to everything else. And you mail it back. It's all very formal and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's needed in America because like you're paying per plate, per seat at the reception. Um, and so that's kind of how we do things in the States. Uh, here, um, I'm not sure. Now, I, I do think... Uh, the venues sometimes get reserved way in advance. I've heard this actually from some Dagestani friends because like the banquet hall industry here is a, it's a, a lucrative one. So is that even like, do we even have that in the States? I mean, here there are huge halls that are just for weddings. I'm trying to right. think if we really have that in the yeah. States. We have, you know, there's different places that host lots of kinds of events. And like a, like a country club events. if would be a thing or like a church hall, yes. but like we don't usually have standalone structures that are right. wedding You're halls. Right. So that's an interesting yeah. difference. Yeah. I, I think that's Russia wide. It's definitely strong yeah. here in the Caucasus. And I think these uh, wedding halls, they get their banquet halls. They get booked up for an advance. So my understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. is that you book it way in advance before the bride has been decided on even kind of the couple, the happy couple has been decided on. Holy moly. Yeah. Now that's probably wrong in some senses, but those who use like the popular wedding halls, they have to get booked in advance. Sure. But and most- we'll, we'll, we'll refine that a little bit. Cause I think that's probably true, but it's not sort of like all of a sudden you take out the yearbook and throw like a spitball at and whoever it hits, you go and marry. I mean, right. there's a process that's been going on. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, so, but as far as all the other details, a lot of it hap does happen last minute. So, uh, for example, I got um, a text. I attended a Kabardian wedding in the fall, and I got a text. Uh, I don't know. It was like a Monday, and my buddy said, "Andrew, uh, my brother's getting married in a couple days," and. And I said, well, what day is he getting married? Can I like put it on my calendar? He said, it'll be in a couple of days. I'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, you would get the feeling if you didn't know better that this is like just totally haphazard and not serious, but it's not. It is very serious. It's just a very different system. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to this, but it, a lot of it has to do with the families coming to an agreement. And then right, right. once they've done that, then it gets set. 
So uh, there's that. As far as the invitation list, um, my understanding is like, come one, come all to this wedding. Like the more, the merrier. I mean, it has to be some somehow limited, but like, it's very, it seems very unspoken and organic. Like people have a sense. Yeah. There's not like a really hard list. Right. Right. And like for just the ones I attended, um, every single one I was encouraged to bring friends and specifically foreigners. Like that's a big honor here. If foreigners come to a wedding, just like bring them along. Yeah. Like one of my Kabardian friends, her son got married and she said, Andrew, any tourists that are in country, then bring them, <laughs> bring your family, bring their friends. Why didn't like, you tell uh, me, bro? What's going on? <laughs> we actually, some of our caucus talk listeners, uh, Matthew and Stephanie out in Utah, they, they were here during a wedding and nice. they went to this wedding. Yeah. It really oh. worked out well. Um, uh, but like so, she so was what telling size? me, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, everybody has encouraged us to bring friends, um, if possible. So, uh, that most of the weddings I've attended have been, I would say between, you know what? A couple have been two to 300 people probably. And then wow. one of them, the Turkmen one was huge. That one was at least 500. I would say five to 700. Um, that is insane. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's something about this with, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be too generalistic here, but I'm thinking of like the ultimate one up men story about wedding attendance, because we knew this Indian guy and in Indian weddings, if you see pictures of them, like the bride and groom are sitting in these thrones and they just sit there the whole time, like at the front of the room. It has almost nothing to do with them. The wedding is like all about, and he said it was either, I think he said there were 3000 people at his wedding. Most of whom he had no idea who they were. I mean, like, that was not the point. I mean, it was like this multi-day, crazy, crazy. That's what you hear about weddings in India. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the same scale, but I think it's the same idea here. The come one, come all. It's like, this is the event we are hosting. You know, it's the hosting thing kind of maxed out a bit. Yeah. And it's very much about the families, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, Both families that are involved. So, yeah. there is no like set invite list. Um, and you mentioned that in the States, the bride's family pays here. It's always the husband's family. As far uh-huh, as I understand sure. throughout the Caucasus. So like people here have been just shocked when I've told them actually, you know, in the States, it's the bride's family. that pays. <laughs> we made her foot the bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's people, really I mean, this is like the event of a lifetime. So as far as I know, people here like take out loans to make sure they like, can cover all the costs. Oh, for Um, sure. We, when we were moving to Dagestan, we were looking for apartments. We were considering buying property possibly, though that would be really difficult. And, but we were looking into it and what, what you found the house market here to rent a house, there's like 10 to rent in the city. But when I would go on my search engine and and put purchases just in our city, there are easily 400 houses for sale at any given time. And a lot of it is that it's equity and people have stuff and then they need to sell it right away because they need their money. And wow. so you would have these ads like selling a house, have to sell right now. 
And you're like, what is up? Why does everyone have to sell their house? Like, do they know something? I don't know. But what it is is a lot of people, they've, wow. they've invested in this house over the years and then they sell it, use the money for a wedding. Yeah, that makes and sense because I've downsize. definitely wondered like how, yeah, how did they pull that off? You yeah, know? rather than <laughs> like hold cash holdings or something, which are, you know, maybe not the best idea. So that's where, <laughs> and we've seen that with cars and other things. Like, got to sell it right now. Wow. Yeah, so the planning it uh is more is a, it's a bit more last minute here um and not quite as like rigid as sure. we have in the states. <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, yes. So then what happens? The planning process is done, you get to the weekend of the wedding. Sure. Um then what happens in the states? Yeah, so um it kind of depends, but generally there's a rehearsal dinner the night before the wedding which you have all the kind of key players gather. You have a minister maybe or whoever's conducting the wedding. You've got the families. Sometimes the families haven't really met until this week. Um, Often, for, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like in our situation, I'm from the East Coast in the U.S. My wife's from the West Coast. We got married in her hometown. So we had people flying in from all over. We did a wedding week. So we had three days of huh. events. We had roller skating. We had a square dance. We had, <laughs> nice. um, and then you also have the bachelor party and the, and the, um, bridal sh- shower, the bridal, the bachelor, the bachelor, is that what it's called? A bachelor party? Bachelorette. Yeah. Bachelor party. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the groom and his like, like good guys get together and do one last thing like that might kill him before it really matters. And then <laughs> like go out in the woods or something and, or and then the girls go off and do something special. Then you come together, yeah. and that's usually like the night before the wedding, and then right. you have the wedding the next day. And there's you know variations. Yeah, but generally, yeah, that's often a Friday night that happens, and then the wedding is on Saturday. Um, so here, uh, pre-wedding is really different. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like uh, basic traditionally. There was this tradition of the bride kid- being kidnapped in the Caucasus. <laughs> Moving on. No, just kidding. We have to, we have to talk about it. Yeah. So, it's a thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know like the full history of it here in the region. I do know now it's actually been uh, how it used to be done has been made illegal in multiple republics. Sure. Um, it's still kind of reenacted in a kind of planned traditional way from what right. I understand now. So um, traditionally there was like this thing of a bunch of guys like snatch a girl off the street and force her into marriage. And that's very right. horrible. And that in a very small minority, I think our senses probably still happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think now like it's kind of viewed as like this old tradition that we do because it's part of like the wedding process. But usually the bride and groom have already at this point decided to get married. And so uh, right. now this this piece of the process, from what I understand, is how the families meet and make a decision about the wedding and kind of joining their families together. So these days, there's if there's a kidnapping, it's there's a spectrum of, like on the very far end, like we talked about, there may be a totally like, more like an abduction, but that's, I mean, I don't know anyone personally that that's been involved in that. You've met some folks who have, but much yeah. more, there's some part of showmanship or kind of reenactment where it's not really that there may be some element of surprise or not, but 
I'll, and I think a lot of that, Andrew, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've read a bit about it in some books. My wife would actually, who reads a lot more than I do, um, probably could weigh in on this. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with um, the, a bit of the Jigit mentality, the kind of Caucasus man mentality of uh-huh. um, a, a sense of asserting kind of your, your, your domain over and right. against kind of the, the domain of maybe the father. Um, and then there's also a, an economic piece to it, isn't there? An economic consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, often in the West, I think people have two views of what kind of marriages they are. They'll say there's love marriage, which is what we do. You know, we choose. And then there's arranged marriage where like choice isn't really involved. The families choose, but like, it's not about love. But like, I think you have to like understand it's a lot more nuanced than that. And just in every, every culture in the world, there's probably some kind of mixture of these things happening um, that are behind the scenes. And so, for example, uh, in the U S like usually a guy and a girl will date. Um, sometimes it's with their parents approval, but often, you know, that's not considered mm-hmm. they'll date and they'll decide to get married on their own. And then they'll announce it to the families here. Usually again, the Caucasus is very, very, uh, diverse in how these things happen. But like in several of these situations, uh, in every situation, as far as I know of the weddings I've been to, the husband and wife knew each other before. Um, several of them, like they were like communicating, getting to know each other. And they kind of, there was an unspoken agreement that we want to get married. Often the communication happens over texting. They kind of keep their different di- distance because it's more of sure. a like traditional society. Um, and then once the decision has been made to get married at that point, they get the families involved to kind of get their, both their blessings. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think a lot of that depends on the families and kind of how they want it to happen. Cause there are some families who are like, we don't want the old way of doing it. We consider this more progressive. Uh, some of the folks I've interacted with here are sort of the other way. They, they're not, um, they're not ignoring the wishes necessarily of their children, but they really um, cling to the, the traditional ways. So I was in the mountains last year and met two guys in one weekend who were about to get married and knew who the bride was going to be, but hadn't spent any time with her or talked with her. Yeah. And, you know, we could feel a lot of different ways about that, but for them and for the families involved, their their core values were being preserved in the same way that we might call a love or a free marriage. We have certain core values that are driving that decision. Yeah. It's really hard. It's kind of comparing apples and oranges in some ways. Um, right. When, when you compare systems. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so much of in the U S it's so much about the husband and the wife's choice to marry each other. And that's why the proposal is a huge deal. Because that's the moment that they decide together, we're going to get married. Here, there essentially is no such thing as a proposal. Um, Usually what happens is when the the husband and wife have kind of often unspokenly, unspoken agreed to get married, uh, the husband will send a friend or a relative 
right. to the wife's parents or families or relatives. And then that friend will kind of act as like a negotiator or mediator to bring the families together to make a decision. Uh, and so here you see much more of a, like, it's really about the families bringing their lives together forever, not just the husband and the wife. And it's more than that, too. Uh, something I think it's almost impossible for us as Americans to really grasp is how Im- vital to their existence the family and networks are for Caucasus peoples. We're talking a small population with a high degree of specialization culturally, linguistically, in a small Mm. area of land with a ton of pressures from the outside. Yeah. One of the reasons that these things persist, I think, is that these are some of the things that mark boundaries of people groups existences like how do we know we are we how do we know we exist we have our language we have our dress we have our the way we do dumplings and we have the way we do weddings so not only do families come together but in the caucuses there's a whole system of family networks you have these these uh kind of webs of families that kind of um contract together or maybe covenant together to hang together. And they're sometimes three or four or 10 families. And they're not a whole village. They're part of a village. And they, they all yeah. have to be in on these decisions. And yeah. it's kind of when you think about it, like an ecosystem or, or a web of ecology, like those links are so vital for keeping the whole system intact. And if those break mm-hmm. and people kind of fly off and do their own thing, well, the whole thing that is valued is at risk. So there's a lot of depth behind this that is takes like it's it's not only it's nuance, but it's like really deep nuance. And yeah, I think we're really just trying to get our you know our heads around it. Yeah, I agree. And I one of the weddings I attended, I saw a moment where this happened. Uh, it was a Kabardian uh, girl and a Karachai guy, and. Of all the traditions that happened at the wedding, I'm not sure which was like with associated with which like group. Sure. But there was a moment at the end, I have not seen this at any other wedding, where they brought uh, all of the relatives of the bride face to face with the relatives of the groom. Wow. And they basically, it was the first time most of them were meeting. And kind of the leaders of the family toasted each other. And basically said, this is the moment from here on where we are uh, always going to be linked and may it be like a blessed link together. And then like they met each other. It was really powerful. I've never seen anything like that. So, you know, we think in America, it's like the bride and the groom face to face. That's the union. But there it was two families coming together. So like on our wedding cakes, you've got like the bride and the groom figurines on the top on their wedding cakes. You've got like... 80 people on the top of the cake, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So there is really much more of a communal kind of feel to it here. And like I've been, (laughs) I was in Ingushetti at one time in a taxi with my buddy Vishan and he started talking to the taxi driver and uh, they found out real quick that they were like distant relatives because of a wedding, you know? Oh, wow. 
And like, because they weren't blood relatives, but like there was a link, you know, some relative had married somebody oh, else's man. relative. And so that for them was like, family. yeah. And the guy like, didn't let him pay. He's like, you're right, my relative right, right. now. Like, no, <clears> you <throat> know, but like, yeah, you're right. It is really interconnected here. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that was really good kind of insights there, Eli, on the, the pre-wedding, the rehearsal. Uh, so it really here is about in those days leading up to the weddings, that's the point where the families are coming together and agreeing on the wedding and then kind of the details of the actual event. Uh, what about the actual ceremony? Speak to that a little bit. How does, how does that work in the States? Sure. I mean, I'm going to have to just really mainly speak out of my own tradition because I think weddings are these probably as, as diverse as anything. Um, you know, if you come from a Judeo Christian background as the majority of like America probably even still, uh, does though. I don't know how much that's shifting, but basically it's a religious ceremony, um, that involves, um, usually a mediator or a, uh, like I said, a minister, it can be a rabbi, um, and probably an imam, though I haven't seen that kind of a religious ceremony on a Muslim side. And, right. um, yeah, you've got, you know, two sides, everyone's facing forward, um, very much like a, a Judeo-Christian worship service, and usually have the groom's family on one side and the yeah. bride's family on the other. I'm, I just keep thinking of the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, because there's so <laughs> many funny parts of that movie of... <laughs> It's not. It's it's a cross cultural wedding, and so like how people do things are just really highlighted, and it's hilarious. And you know, um, you've got the groom up front, and the bride is revealed. You know, and she's in her wedding dress and white and the purity, and she's marched down to the front by her dad, and um, and it becomes official in the eyes. If uh, traditionally that's what makes it official, yeah. The the uh, I now pronounce you man and wife. Yeah. Because traditionally it was seen primarily as a religious ceremony that then had state support. That's right. I think all all anyone's game these days. So, you know, then there's also signing of of a wedding license. Um yeah. but I think I'm safe to say that traditionally that would be the kind of the less important of the two transactions. That's right. Yeah. That's a good summary and like that's kind of the event that people are invited to is the ceremony watching the bride and the groom kind of publicly get married. Right. Kiss the bride. Lots of right. And like, you know, everybody here, they watch American movies. That's very familiar to them. Uh, (laughs) There is nothing like that here. Right. Uh, And there's two, there's kind of two pieces about that. Um, the first, let's look at kind of the more Russian piece, or you really could you could say kind of Soviet piece, but the the wedding kind of officially happens. The bride and the groom actually go to the local, uh, what do you call that place in English? The Justice of Reg- the Peace Registry? in English. Justice of the Peace, yeah. Uh, here it's called ZAKS, <laughs> which uh, it's it's short for Organi Zapisi Aktiv Grazdanskava Sastayanya. I've never met a Russian who knows what it stands for, but go ahead. Right. I had to Google that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like this is the Russian justice of the peace. This is where they make the wedding formal. And from what I understand, like basically like this was done in Soviet times to kind of keep these big gatherings from happening and like for, uh. to take away the religious meaning of a wedding. 
And it's oh, it is very just like it's just an office. It's yeah, just go, you go in and, and get sit at a desk and it's that it's like any other papers. So like Russians, they'll go to the Zaks. Uh they'll actually be dressed in their wedding gear at that point. The wife's in her beautiful bride dress, the guy's in his tux. Yes. They'll they'll get the papers and then at that point they'll drive around the city like Pitigorsk on Saturdays. They'll be driving up the main strip, honking their horns. They'll go take pictures, and then the rehearsal, their the reception will happen. You don't see that really as much in the Caucasus after the ceremony. So, at some point, the Zox happens. I'm actually not sure in Caucasus weddings at what point they go to the Zox. I know from the religious standpoint, uh, there will be basically a small ceremony in the home of either the bride or the groom that in an imam will come from the mosque and he'll, he'll perform it kind of like with the authority from God, you know, and for Muslims, like that's when they view it being official, kind of like you said. And this would be once again, like things that we could look into occurring to us during the episode. I mean, this would be great to ask people like, where does it happen? Where's the most important thing? Um, Cause for some people it could be like, the civil ceremony is what matters at Zox and we're doing the religious thing just out of, cause uh, it's sort of perfunctory or it could be the right. exact opposite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like those, that, that thing, the religious piece where, you know, the, I guess wedding ceremony for lack of a better word is totally private and like outside of maybe the bride and groom's parents, nobody sees it from what sure. I understand. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's like such a different piece kind of when you compare weddings here and uh, in the States. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so now the one piece where, like, I would say there actually is some things in common is the last piece, and why don't you talk to the us about that? The <laughs> party! Well, you know, everyone's looking forward to the reception, and that's where, you know, you, it's it's the big payoff. So if you can if you can navigate from the wedding site to the reception site, it seems like in the U.S. there's always some amount of drama. <laughs> like okay, that's a good okay, point. we've got to go from this building to this other building. Sometimes it's on the same site. Um, I think this is where if people want to like really go big on a wedding, they do it here. And if people really want to scrimp on scrimp skimp on a wedding, they do it here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, I'll just share a little bit on our wedding. We, like I said, we, we were in a refurbished barn, a big, tall, beautiful barn up in the mountains, the Cascades, the foothills of the Cascades, Cascade huh. Mountains, Washington State. Um, and we had to transform the wedding layout into the reception layout. So oh, I had, okay. like, a down-to-the-minute schedule with worker bees, <laughs> and we had the whole, all the people at the wedding get up and go outside and mingle for like, it happened in like five minutes while yeah. my wife and I went behind a building and made out. No, we <laughs> laughed and took pictures. And then, and then uh, the worker bees went in and they transformed the room into the yes. reception, yeah. you know, the yeah, tables I've been at and all this. multiple weddings like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, it was kind of, it's, it's what, as my wife kept telling me, it's like, what we do here, people all pitch in and help out. And rather than renting a whole other space, but you go to other weddings where like you go to a totally decked out hall, everything is catered. You've got amazing DJs like Andrew and Eli. You've got, um, you know, a <laughs> stage. Um, so that's the kind of the, 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 in general, the U S thing. And that goes on for however long it goes on. People, you know, go home and, and it's over. Oh, I got to say one thing, Andrew. Yes. We do have one other 
tradition in I was an, getting, I'm, getting nostalgic. It was a great description, by the way. I'm not picking on the South. I love the South. I've driven through the South. <laughs> no. Bracing but there myself. is there is a Southern tradition of the next day brunch. Ah, that's yeah, that's very formal for sure. So this is where after the wedding, the bride and groom go to a honeymoon suite, and then everyone gets back together the next morning. Yeah. I'm sorry, my like awkward meter is like totally redlining at this. <laughs> we only went to one and it was not awkward to them. Yeah. And we're like, great. Um, and it was a really good brunch. And then the, they went on their honeymoon, but I was, anyway, that is another thing that does happen in, in, I think it's mainly Southern traditions. And so there's that. I'll have, you know, uh, I'm from the South and <laughs> I like, I still had buddies in town who had flown in from a lot of places. So uh, yeah. my my dad brought one of my buddies. He was from Boston. He brought one of him by to see me so I could say bye to him the next morning after the wedding. And like they pulled up. My buddy John came in and my dad refused to get out of the car. He was like, nope, I'm staying out here. Say bye to your friend. <laughs> it was really funny. So anyways, not all Southerners abide by that tradition. All right, all right. Anyway, that's that's okay. the U.S. thing. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, you're right. Afterwards is the party, and this is like, you know, this is the fun part. And for sure in the Caucasus, uh, it's the fun part too. Now, I think, uh, like I said, four of the five weddings I've been to were in banquet halls. So, like, it's you can kind of picture it like if you've been to weddings uh, in the States. Similar kind of setup. You know, people are sitting at tables. There's a There's head a table. Of, yeah, there's a lot of food. Um, there was one wedding, though, where I was in a home. Um, oh. Yeah, kind of the reception. And that, from what I understand, that's very specific to Chechnya and Ingushetia, is doing it in, kind of in the courtyard and in the homes. But, so, but when you say going to a wedding, this is what you're talking about. You don't yes, that's right. go to that's anything right. else before this. This is it. Yes, correct. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let me describe the banquet halls. Uh, it's kind of what you would picture. Uh, sometimes there are two, two stories. I've been to one with one story and one with a couple with two. Um, but there's a, kind of a dance floor, a big middle area. Often in the States, there'll be like buffet style, uh, meal where you serve right. yourself at a buffet. But usually in the Caucasus, there's a staff that's serving you and they bring out courses of meals. Um, so these, so, these wedding halls are like big, like full-time restaurant halls because they will serve. That's right. Course upon course. Oh man. So much food, so much good food. Wow. Yeah. Um, and even I was at, even though, you know, usually the staff is serving one of the Kabardian weddings I was at, uh, actually multiple ones, the, uh, of course in the Caucasus, the guest is always really honored. And so you're always having your drink refilled and food put on your plate by your friends uh, especially those who are younger than you, like they take care of their guests. So like, uh, one of the Kabardian weddings I was at, my buddy was like, he was walking around refilling people's drinks. He was always making sure I was taken care of. That's nice. like a big, big thing they do with guests. Right. So in a, in some form or fashion, what I've noticed is not everybody sits together. People are divided up based on, uh, either their age or whether they're with the bride and the groom. Now in this, in the States, like everybody's going to be in the same room, right? 
yeah. at the reception. Uh, here, people have been in different rooms. Like I've noticed there are rooms for the bride's relatives, and usually that's like younger and middle age. There's rooms for the groom's relatives. There's then rooms like for the other guests. There's rooms for the older men, so like 50s and 60s. And is it is it an honoring thing? Like, is it an honor to be in a room with your people? Or is it a, is it a like, we don't want them with the rest of us thing? Uh, I'm not sure. I, th- I think it's like they try to put people like with their age-appropriate group, because that's who they'll be most interested in. But yeah, usually people in the Caucasus are interacting more with their own, with their peers, you know? So like... Usually I've seen rooms for like the 50 and 60 year old men and the 50 and 60 year old women. And then I've even seen rooms where the most elderly, they get like the room of honor, like 70 and older there together, men and women. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like uh, one funny story I have, uh, this Kabardian wedding I went to a year and a half ago, it was, to, we were, it was time for us to leave and I couldn't find our friends who invited us. And like, I, I walked through every single room in this uh. banquet hall. I mean, it was a maze. Couldn't find them. And uh, finally I asked and they were like, go upstairs, like check up there. I went up on the second floor and I opened this door and there are like six elderly, like Kabardian folks in there, like probably 75 to 80 years old. But like they all turn and look at me. They had been speaking Kabardian, and I don't speak any like Kabardian. Oh and I just started blushing and like <laughs> sputtered out in Russian, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for Marietta." <laughs> I just like they showed just, myself the door. <laughs> oh, no help from them, right? They're just like it was really funny. Us. But like because I'm a foreigner, like you can kind of get away with stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like probably it was not appropriate for me to go up there, you know. <laughs> You cad you trying to mix with uh, the older ladies. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that was. I'd never heard a, of the rooms. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, of course, like, again, you have different kinds of Caucasus weddings. So within each nationality, whether it's Kabardian or a different Dagestani group or Chechen, there's differences there. But then in the Caucasus, there are traditional weddings and then there are religious, more religious conservative weddings. This is a difference maker depending on what the reception will be like. Definitely. I mean, in, in Dagestan, there's a trend toward more conservative uh, expressions of, right. of weddings, especially. And they will do no music and no dancing. Yep. Or no alcohol. And, and no, well, and no alcohol. A lot of them will do no alcohol anyway and yeah. still have the rest of the stuff. And I've heard mixed reports on this. Some people are like, yes, this is right. We need to be, you know, more stringent and others roll their eyes and like, Oh man, it's one of these boring weddings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, that's an argument in the States too. Like the rehearsal, if the bride's family doesn't want to serve alcohol, sure. The groom, the groom's cause they're the ones paying for it. Yep. The groom's family could like have an uproar about that, you know? Right. So I've, right. I've heard of, I've been at weddings where like it caused a lot of conflict before the wedding, whether or not they were going to have kerfuffle. alcohol. Yep. Yeah. Open bar and all that stuff. Um, so <laughs> yeah, if, if it's a more traditional wedding, uh, there's going to be lots and lots of leskinka. Like that, I mean, that is a really fun part of the weddings is like hours and hours of leskinka dancing. Now the weddings you went to, who was doing the dancing and were there any hired dancers? Uh, I've been to one wedding. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Actually, three of the four where there was dancing, there was uh, like a hired troupe kind of dance troupe. Yes, yes. But they'll come out, they'll usually come out, you know, for a five or 10 minute performance. But then the rest of the time is like open dance floor for everybody yes. else. But they're kind of like the starters, you know, they kind of, they like are the, they do the warm up act in a sense and they come out in their traditional gear. And yep. one reason I know this does happen when we lived in Pitygorsk, our children were taking Lesginka lessons and the woman who taught them had some of her students, kind of her star students as a troop for hire. And they would go oh. to weddings and do these performances. Um, in and other places, not just weddings. My son did a few, not in weddings, but um, there's a whole world of theatrics that that can be done at these weddings, and you'll see videos. Yeah. First of all, I mean, one of the things that is at every wedding that I've seen is a camera on a crane. I'm talking huh. about a huge, like <laughs> a like a 15 foot long aluminum like cinematographer's crane with a camera at the yeah. end and a guy down there with headphones in, and he's, and he'll do these big sweeping pans across the room. And you have this huge, uh, you know, wide angle lens and it's, sh- and the captures the whole thing. They're videoing the whole thing. And, um, like he's the crane operator and some of them will go to the next level where they will have lighting. The, the lights will be off. They'll pump the dance floor full of fake smoke. And the bride will, they'll do this major reveal for the bride and groom coming in and the bride will come in and be part of this choreographed number Mm, where she's obviously rehearsed it. She's not doing a lot of the dancing, but she comes in and the troupe like dances around her and there's glitter and there's explosions, there's fireworks and, and you've got this this major cinematic event and then the groom comes out and then sometimes they'll do like a first dance or that kind of stuff. I mean... It's really amazing. I've never seen yeah. anything like that in the States. Yeah. And I mean, even within that, each nationality has wedding specific traditions just to their nation, you know? Sure. And I, like one, the, one of the wedding, the Kabardian weddings I went to, the, it's called Tamada here or the MC basically. Sure. But the like, wedding coordinator guy. They, they MC the event and the whole thing's in Kabardian. I mean, like there, yeah. there was one where I'm, positive I was the only non Cambodian there. Wow. And like, so they're doing these very specific traditions that they've always done at weddings. And yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, yeah. So the Les Ginka is really fun. What I love about the Les Ginka at the weddings is all ages do it. Everybody yes. does it. And yes. so like, sometimes it'll be, you know, one guy and one girl out there, but often it'll be four or five different uh, kind of pairs doing the Les Ginka together. Well, and this is, there's, this is without a doubt, a, a really joyful moment. And you, when you see people dancing, like this is their chance. This is one of the main places they do it. So when a lot of people have taken lessons and practice, I mean, and they, they like break out their stuff, you know, yeah. at the, on the dance floor. And it's amazing. Yeah. And I've seen it, like you said, the wedding I was at here, a Dargeen wedding, you had little girls in dresses that were so full of fluff and tulle, like a stiff breeze, and they would have been swept away. But they're <laughs> major puffy, <laughs> you know, and they've got their special dresses on, and they go out and they're dancing. You've got young men and young women, and then you have these grandmas, and you could, and everyone oh, was having 
was so, and the grandmas had their traditional Dargeen outfits on. The Dargeen outfits have uh, medallions and coins. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those in Dagestan. And you can just, and they clink when they move. And they just, they just were uh, emitting this, this pleasure, this enjoyment of, of being able to do their thing, you know? And so the old ladies were dancing with the young men and they were just out there the whole time. It was really cool to see. That's awesome. I think you're right. It's a joyful, joyful moment that like everybody gets to partake in and half the fun is like just watching others dance, you know? Um, yeah, so that's a big part. Um, there are toasts upon toasts at these weddings. And I mean, in the U.S., usually there will be at max four main speeches. Like the father of the bride will say something. Uh, often the groom's dad might. And then the maid of honor, which is the the, ma- the bride's best friend. And yep. then the best man or the groom's best friend. So right. usually max four toasts. And those are like, they prepare them. But like, man, at Caucasus weddings, there are so many toasts. You know, this guy's relative comes up, then his relative comes up. And that's that's a part of the deal. Yeah, for sure. Eli, any what about you? I mean, I know you've uh you mentioned kind of even in your courtyard you see some wedding festivities happen sometimes in much. Well, we get to see all throughout the warm months, and that's why I sort of am missing it, that the the pre-wedding, I don't know exactly where this falls in the chronology of the religious ceremony, the signing of the documents, and the reception. I think this part precedes the reception, and it's the bride pickup, is what they call it. And multiple times in the warm months and on our website, I've done a little vlogging about it on our apricot website. Um, yeah, all of a sudden a bunch of cars, they're all rented Mercedes, not all Mercedes, but the lead car, <laughs> they got a big bouquet tacked on the hood and some streamers. They come pulling into the courtyard, honking, 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 honking. And I grab my camera and run outside. The first time this happened, I was like, what's happening? I was so excited. And I like ran outside. I gave my son, um, my my audio recorder. I'm like pointing at that, yeah, pointing at that door and don't move. And I'm like, I've got my camera because all of a sudden music breaks out and there's drumming yeah. and there's an accordion and these ladies are singing and I'm like something's happening. I didn't know what it was at all. And basically the the groom shows up with his guys. They go up to the woman's apartment. Here it's an apartment. You yeah. know, I'm sure it would look really different in a village. And then he escorts her down and she's in her full wedding dress huh. and she comes down and everyone is doing some lesginka outside. People are throwing candy, money, um, and the rest of the neighbors are kind of standing around watching and they put her in the car. And as long as the car starts again, which in one case it didn't, um, they drive <laughs> off and I assume they drive around, have a good time, honk, 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 and then go to the reception because the reception that I went to Everyone was sitting around waiting. It was actually the Tamada, the MC who invited me. And so he was, yeah, okay. he was, he was working all the logistics and he said, who was finding out, have they left yet? How are they driving? What are they doing? And so they were trying to gauge, you know, what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, then they go straight to the wedding reception from there. So that is really fun. Cause I, I actually interviewed huh. uh, one of the musicians, a drummer. I'm like, what just happened? What are you guys doing? Where did, you know, trying to understand a little bit more. That's um, really so that's cool. fun just from our, our apartment courtyard life right here. Eli, let's, I know you made a cool like vlog, uh, video vlog, not vlog. Uh, <laughs> 
I'll, I'll cut that out for you. What do you, what do you call those things? Um, but, uh, can you link that in the show notes? And I actually have some like fun, different videos from all the weddings I've attended to. I think we should put those in the show notes just so like our listeners can see for themselves. That would be great. What it's like. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll link the, uh, the vlog and I'll put up, uh, see if there's any other footage I have to put up. Awesome. Man, hey, we did it. We've been putting this one off for a long time. It's but, a big uh, topic to bite off. It's a long episode, but there's so much to it. And like like we said, you've been to five, I've been to one. They're all different. You know, there's not like one yeah. standard thing. So we can keep going to them, trying to get invited, just crash them, and uh, keep learning. Speaking of getting invited, uh, if we have some Caucasus listeners out there who, That's are going, right. who are going to a wedding soon or... Uh, going to get married soon. If you need some uh, some tourists, some foreigners to spice up your audience. <laughs> just putting it out there. And if you do come visit here as a tourist, like that's a great thing to ask your guides about or local people you meet. And who knows, you might get invited to a wedding as well. Also, if you're local and you are really interested in like mid 80s to mid 90s dance music and you want some DJs, Andrew <laughs> would be an amazing wedding DJ and I would be happy to be a sidekick. Oh, uh, just man. give us a call. We have a new, a new line of services in the caucus talk galaxy. <laughs> I actually, I don't know if you knew this Eli, but in 2016, I DJ and MC'd uh, a Russian friend's wedding in Russian here. in yes, in Andrew, Mimbody, actually. It would not pass any Caucasus standards, but it was really fun uh, for that group. You did it. <laughs> Do you have any idea how entertaining that must have been to the locals? Like, can you, I mean, your Russian is really good. If we did something like that, it would, I mean, if we were English, it'd be like, welcome to everybody to wedding. We're so glad you're here. We want to make big noise. Like, it would be so funny. Andrew, that is I'll great. If- I'm. That's how I would sound. You sound way better than I do in Russian. I'll see if I can't pull any of our archives out and put that in the show notes. Yeah, I think that's requisite, man. All right, well, (laughs) that's the latest. Please um, check us out on Facebook. We'll probably put some of these videos up there. Um, You can go to our website, caucustalk.com, to get access to all of our episodes. Leave us... Reviews on iTunes or iTunes ratings have remained um, good, but have the frequency has dropped off. So if you're a new listener, please go to iTunes, check us out there, leave us a review, leave us a star rating. Those really help us um, with our visibility. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you're doing well. We'll see you when you get here. Yeah.